You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends, and welcome to the 18th chapter of The Bookstack. I'm Nia. I'm Annie. And I'm Sydney. We've all had that moment when someone recommends the best book they've ever read or the book that we see posted everywhere as the next big read. It's topping charts. It's on every famous book club. The library has hundreds of holes despite having hundreds of copies and can barely keep up with the demand. And then you finally get your copy, this story, this purported life-altering power, and you settle in and you start reading and it's definitely something, (laughs) nothing like what it was supposed to be. This week, we're discussing books in our stacks that were overhyped and underwhelming and left us disappointed or baffled at how they reached such hyped up reputations. I do want to say before we really get into this, that just because we aren't fans of what we're going to be talking about, we don't shame people for what they read or what they write or what they write, um, but they, they just weren't our cup of tea or coffee or whatever beverage happens to be in our mugs at the moment. Here, here. So, yep. On that note, Annie, what have you got for us? I fully agree with that. I used to tell my students all the time, you don't have to like the book, but you still need to respect that someone put their ideas down on paper. They took the time. We're nice to them, but you don't have to finish. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Life is too short to finish bad books. Yes. Yes, it is. So... As I, we've talked about this before about how we don't look at the script beforehand and sometimes that helps and sometimes it hinders. Um, And as I (laughs) went to the script today, I thought, dang it, those were the ones I was going to use, man. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. okay. (laughs) Dibsing your books first. I should have been more on top of things and written things down. It's okay. Yeah. I do find it interesting though, that all three of us chose books we we all had overlap we do we have a lot of overlap in this so here it comes yeah the first one that i chose was pride and prejudice by jane austen it was published in 1813 Mm -hmm. it feels like it and it was republished many many times (laughs) since then and it has been adapted many many times since then and i feel like people have their favorite adaptation even if they don't like the book or have never read it they still have feelings about adaptations yep I feel like a lot of people like the one with Natalie Portman in it oh you're thinking of Kira Knightley Kira Knightley thank you yeah. I knew I was it's gonna get that wrong it's the one that's two hours long and not the one that's six hours long that has an ugly Jane oh I didn't know that sorry if you if you like the six hour A&E version <laughs> and you thought Jane was pretty <laughs> I'm terribly sorry if I offended you I just don't find her attractive I feel like we should just put a warning right here that we might offend some people today. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of was like, okay, we're, we're probably. And it, it won't be because yeah. we're stepping on toes. It's just because we have opinions. We're, opinions. we're being very yeah. opinionated today yeah. and that's okay. We're allowed to be opinionated. We, we are. are, but it is just our opinions. These aren't yes. facts. These are our opinions and everyone's allowed to have their own opinions. Yes. And I'm just going to throw out the only Pride and Prejudice I've seen was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And I oh, have. I <laughs> don't. No. <laughs> I don't. So one of the reasons that I chose this book as being overhyped is that it's really not that entertaining. No, it's, it's really, really, not. really not. So when they made all these adaptations, and I'm sure there are like three At working least. right now. 
yeah, somewhere plus the play. in the, you know, universe. and then there's the play was turned into a musical. Yeah, there's just really not a lot to pull from. No. It's you know the joys of being female property, yeah. and hoping that you get plucked up by someone who's wealthy enough that you can be taken right. care of instead of you know dying destitute. Oh, and he shows me he likes me by being a jerk is not yes. something we should be teaching anyone All, to be so as many a sign of, the of relationships. Welcome so to many red of flag the, warnings. Yeah. So many of the relationships in this book are so problematic, even for the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that really bothers me, but I feel like they're still but in pop culture. Rich, but therefore it must my be Darcy. acceptable. Right. Like he's Darcy. I have to, he told me that he liked me and he's so dark and brooding. And I just, I have to, no, I have to fix him. No, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) There is some historical significance here. The book pride and prejudice is written. Well, I think it works well as a mentor text. Just because, again, it's written well. It follows a very good story arc. It was popular when it first came out. When Jane Austen first wrote this, it continued to be popular forever. So there is merit there. Yeah, and I think it's taught a lot of different places. It is. is that's yes. how I read it was it was an assigned reading. I did not read it as an assigned reading. I read it because I feel like you have to, to be of any value in the literary world but then once you tell people you don't like it you go up a whole step in the literary world because <laughs> then you have opinions <laughs> literary critiques <laughs> yes yep. yeah it does get critiqued a lot yeah there's so a lot think, to critique i think it will continue being popular because it's used so many times on curriculum lists and book lists and best of lists well, and it romanticizes the time period. It does. It does. Yeah. And I think and it it's does so a good easy job. to turn into a into an adaptation. That's why there's yeah. there's a the Indian version, Bride and Prejudice. There's an LDS version, Pride and Prejudice. There's, I mean, there's so many adaptations that modernize or change mm-hmm. cultures. And mm-hmm. and I think that it's popular because you can put it into pretty much any society and it still that's true works there was even yeah. the youtube quote-unquote vlog oh, yeah. series that was the lizzie bennett diaries yeah each oh, episode's like five minutes that. there's a little over 100 episodes they're each like five minutes and it's a modern adaptation that one's hmm. that one's fun the adaptations are fun and the story is fun but i don't think it's worth it's just over everything no. Well, and it, I, I think we're probably going to see with a lot of what we're going to have today is there's a lot of fanfic that mm-hmm. kind of spawns from a lot of this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think in some cases, the fanfic's probably better than the original, <laughs> not in all cases. <laughs> so, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. I think with Overhyped yeah. too, we're not necessarily saying that these are bad books. They no. just shouldn't have the, maybe they're, they're, they're not they're as just, good as their traction yes. as they should be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. yeah. And that's, you know, overhyped. It's not books we didn't finish. It's overhyped. Yeah. That's yeah. a totally different stack. Although there are some <laughs> that we didn't finish. <laughs> yeah. So the second one I chose is Watchmen by Alan Moore. Yeah. I know. I, a lot of people get mad at me for my opinions on this one. I, I, don't i only watched the the movie and i as i watched the movie i was like what am i watching and why am i still in the theater i felt that way reading it 
I almost I really, I enjoyed the movie. I have not read the graphic novel. I've heard the movie is actually toned down from the graphic novel. And I'm like, you know what? That's my, my limit. I don't need to, this is coming yeah. from someone who has no problem with gore and horror and yeah. true crime and all that stuff. But yeah, like I I'm good. And I, there's a lot going on in that film. Yeah. There it is, is very much a graphic novel for adults. Mm. Yes. And that is why it is studied so much. And that is why it is on all of these lists is because for its time in 1987, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. Because it's one of the first dark superhero. Like anti-hero kind of thing. Yeah. Anti-hero. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Because it deals with the, and I can't remember how many characters there are, but it's a group of superheroes and kind of. You almost said serial killers. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just. Not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Just calling it like anti-hero it, that, serial that killers. Freudian slip right there. Uh, <laughs> it's the group and their fall from superhero dumb. Their fall from grace. Yeah, their fall from grace, yeah. and it kind of deals with the mental aspects of what they've been through and yeah. how to move forward. So there are a lot of themes brought up that you wouldn't expect to see in a comic book. Yeah. I think at least until like you have the boys, I think this is probably, if you like the boys, you probably would like this one. Yes. Oh, the one on. Which I have not watched that one either. Either I've heard enough about it to be like, you know, it sounds like it's got a great story. Enjoy But I think it'd be too much. Yeah. My issue with Watchmen was that there was just way too much going on and I could not follow it. That was was complicated. It was super complicated. And I- I'm going to admit, sorry, professors, if you listen to this, you probably don't, but I apologize because I did the assignment like I had finished the book. (laughs) I think I got at least halfway through before I said, this is just, I don't even know what's going on here. And from what I understand, everything does wrap up, but it takes a while to get there. I don't think I made it far enough for everything to make sense. I don't blame you. Yeah. This one seems like it's one people either really love it or really hate it. I I don't think there's middle ground on it. And I feel like we are in this graphic novel revolution right now, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so maybe it's time to talk about Watchmen and maybe not read Watchmen because it really, really hasn't aged well Mm. at all. There are very, there are a lot of problematic situations. See, I've I've read one of Alan Moore's, I've read his V for Vendetta. Yeah, I didn't read that one. He's the one who did V for Vendetta. Mm -hmm. And that I one's really it. good. See, and I, <laughs> so what's funny, what's funny is I watched it and then I wanted to write a paper for my undergrad based on the film, but it was still in theaters. So I got the graphic novel oh. as sort of a, I'll use the graphic novel yeah. as kind of my crutch to work with the film. And it, they did a good job. Yeah. But I feel like that one isn't as like, it's heavy and it's complex and it's really, there's some really destructive themes there too, but I don't think it's as heavy as the Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen was really heavy. So I and think Alan that, Moore is very talented, but again, oh, yeah. I think it's, yeah. yeah. I think that that's one of those things like, because I've only ever seen the films, I haven't read the graphic novels. I'm not super big into graphic novels. 
mm-hmm. but because I watched V from Vendetta, I liked it. I saw Watchmen, but I felt like there was too much going on. I felt like I was just constantly missing out on something. So it has yeah, these really yeah. dark themes mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm missing something and it just kind of ruins that cinematic experience. It felt like it was designed for people that, that liked the comic books and no one else. Like it was like a closed society. See, and as I was reading Watchmen, which the book came out before the movie, I still yeah. felt like I had missed out on something and it was the first book in the series. Oh no. So I had that same feeling mm-hmm. reading the book and I thought that means you missed maybe something. this must, this must be for <laughs> hardcore comic people or graphic novel people. Yeah. And maybe I'm not, but I don't know. Cause nothing else has come out like this beforehand. So I also felt like I was missing stuff. But again, I think it deserves to be brought up in courses as part of the history of graphic novels, but maybe not a required read anymore. I think there have been other graphic novels that have come out since that have done a better job with the darker themes, with the adult grappling with mental illness and how to come back into a world that doesn't want you. And how to deal with PTSD. Because I kind of feel like this definitely would broach that. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think we've learned a lot in the mm-hmm. last 30 years about mm-hmm. PTSD and what, mm-hmm. how complex that can be, especially when yeah. you've got, you know, complex PTSD. Yeah. That was yeah. one of my issues with the book is that we've really grown. I like to think we've grown a lot in the past. Oh, I don't know. Almost 40 years. So maybe it's time to update the literature to go along with it. Yeah. All right, Nia. Yeah. Tell us so- about the books that you stole from me. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, well, no, you wrote noise. it down first. <laughs> oh, so the first one I have is going to probably have a shorter discussion than the second one. Just, just I don't know. I have thoughts. So the first one is The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. I feel like this is required reading for everyone. I didn't have to read it. It wasn't. Um, I never had to read me. it either. Oh, mm-hmm. see, I had it required reading in, in high school. Yeah, but you went to a Catholic school. I did. And there are perks to that where we got to read banned books. And I think that's, I was so excited. We weren't a lot like Catcher in the Rye was not something we could read in public school. Yeah. And I was excited. Maybe that's just because Utah. (laughs) Probably. Catcher in the Rye. And you can still find it in the library, but it's not required reading in Utah. Right. So just to kind of give a quick background, it did come out in 1951. It's been incredibly popular. uh, Yeah. People have named their children after this book. Yeah. I know so so many. many Um, So many. Yeah, Yeah, it's said to have impacted the literary world pretty profoundly since it came out. It's been on the banned list for decades, which is why I was excited to read it because I'm like, clearly there's something going on here, so I have to read it. (laughs) I'm going to read this assigned book, right? There's an, actually an article I was looking at that came out in 1973 in the American School Board Journal saying that it was the most widely censored book in the U.S. at the time and the second most frequently taught book at the same time. Oh, wow. Which, you know, I mean, that's saying something that's really exciting. Maybe. And yeah. I that is what got me all excited about it. But I was so bored reading this book. <laughs> and yeah, me too. Him. I was super bored and angry at the same time. He's so whiny. How can I be bored and angry? Right? It's like, you know, I just, uh, he's a kid who doesn't fit in. And as someone, I never felt like I fit in either. But I feel like this was just, he just annoyed me. It didn't speak to me. It just annoyed me. And I don't know, maybe for the 50s, it was really innovative and really shocking. I mean, the movie no, Alien was no, really was innovative not. and shocking. <laughs> And we look at it now and we're like, okay, it's all right. But it didn't age. This has not aged well. Yeah. You know, Alien has aged really well. It's a classic. Well, you know, I could go on a whole different thing. But we know you have before. 
I have. And it's just, it's weird to me. Like the intrigue around this book is so odd as well. You have two murders and an attempted murder that people have tied to this book in some way. The murderer of John Lennon claimed it was his manifesto and the attempted assassination of Reagan based to what he did on the guy that killed Lennon. So of course he had to have a copy of Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Right. See, it makes no sense. That makes zero sense. And then there was a stalker in California who was carrying it when he killed Rebecca Schaefer in 89. So all of this happened in the 80s where people are like, we're going to take this book that's 30 years old and uses our manifesto to be shitty people. So I don't get that. (laughs) I don't get that. Like there's nothing in this book that would be like, yes, I'm going to go kill people. Maybe I just don't want to read the book. There's nothing in this book that would motivate me to do anything. No. And not name my child. Maybe it's just because you're not terrible people. Maybe so. Maybe that's why you don't feel motivated to do horrible things. Like, I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's based on the book. I think it's just because you're not terrible people. You mean we're not that swayed? We're not swayed that easily. Like, I just think that you're good people. (laughs) And that's why you're like, I'm not going to go out and kill people because I'm a good human. I don't associate myself with those other kinds of people. I associate myself with good people. This is true. When it was censored, it was challenged for its profanity. (laughs) Someone in the 70s counted there were 785, quote, profanities in this book. Okay, so you just said, quote, profanities. I don't remember there being that many profanities in there. if If it's air quotes profanities, it's obviously not the big ones. Well, 237 were the word goddamn. Oh, yeah, that's in there a lot. Yeah. I remember that. 58 were the word bastard. I mean, there's over 200 uses of the N-word in Tom Sawyer and that's still taught in the schools. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, Mm. I guess that says a lot about the people who want to censor though, huh? Yeah. (laughs) They're okay with that. (laughs) You can use use the N-word, but don't use goddamn. Yep. So, but yeah, just despite like all of the quote profanities that are in there and how it's really edgy, it's not edgy. It's not, um, it's not at all. It's <laughs> edgy to read because it's you don't want to read it. Edgy for 1951. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like when we were talking about 2001, a space odyssey, like maybe this had an impact in the 50s. But now I'm just like, eh, I think it's eh. overhyped. I think everyone still keeps, and maybe it's the, you had Salinger who just was kind of a recluse and maybe that's what made it really intriguing. I, it's just, I feel like everyone talks about this book and it's just meh. And every time <laughs> I ask a kid whose name is Holden, I say, so why did your parents name you Holden? Because of Catcher in the Rye. I think, did they ever actually read that book? Cause I wouldn't want my child to be Holden. No. And the Holdens I've known have been very nice people. Yeah, I've never taught it. I, I've had multiple Holdens and they're all sweet yeah. boys. Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe they missed the point. I don't know. Or did they actually read the book? Or did they just see the name Holden and thought, well, oh, that's a good name. That's a good name. Let's stop reading this book and pretend I did. There you go. Because I'm a boy in high school or a girl in high school or just anyone in high school. We're going to pretend we read it. We'll yeah. sound like we're, you know, so literate and highbrow. Yes, mm-hmm. academic by <laughs> reading a, pretending to read a book as an adult. No, there's no reason to do that. Yeah, don't so, do that. Nope. Yeah. So that's my first book. <laughs> my second book. Bring it on, man. Yeah. Yep, here we go. Buckle up. Here we go. Everyone's just been waiting for this day. They've been I know. waiting. I feel like they didn't realize they were waiting. Overhyped, they, they didn't. I think this is like the one that comes to everyone's mind. Uh, it oh, is Twilight. First one. Yeah. yeah Twilight yep. by Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. Uh, this is a saga of books. The first one came out in 2005. The latest one came out in 2020. With yeah. when I was looking into stuff, there are two more in the pipeline. 
Wait, no, just, no. Oh yeah, yeah. the one that came out in 2020 is the different narration or poetry, yeah. right? Midnight Sun, or yeah. was it the one that was the they, the gender swap? Yeah, Wait, I didn't realize. Oh yeah, there's a gender. Oh, swap did you not book. read the gender swap? No, I stopped when these first started coming out because I thought they were overhyped. Then the, the I, gender I, uh, swap one is written so incredibly poorly. Wait, is it written by Stephanie Meyer? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, and you can get you can get a copy of the book that has Twilight on one side and then if you flip the book upside down and backwards, then you can read the the other one and it has a green apple on the front of the cover instead of a red one. Yeah. And okay. it's everyone is gender swapped and so she, she wrote does it herself. So, yes. Yeah. She, she wrote her own fan fiction. Such, Okay. She she did such a terrible well, so everyone kept demanding like it was so stupid that Bella didn't like he didn't just let Bella get turned by the venom in the in the first book and then it could have just been a story about their vampire adventures and so she wanted to <laughs> she wanted to er, sorry Nia I'm stealing this from you are you okay with that no oh I knew we were all going to be like jumping into this and I don't okay. know anything about the swap book so I just oh, know I didn't I am, even know it existed all over so here we go so she was like well i'm gonna prove to you guys why it wouldn't have made for a good story so oh she writes gosh. the story it's half the size of the of the original there is zero <laughs> character development it is literally written for people who are f- like lovers of the original twilight but you have to so figure the five out of them? you have to figure out which character is supposed to be which like all of her siblings you're like i don't know who this one's supposed to be what? Like, oh my the god the character development is so incredibly poorly written and then the boy bella I think his name's Bo. I think I think she <laughs> I named think him Bo. Bo. I think we should just call when him I was Boy Bella. It. <laughs> Boy Bella. <laughs> she has him get turned at the end, and then they have to fake his death, and then leave the state. And it's like she tried to like forcibly prove why she was right instead of just being like, "This is the way that I wrote the book. Deal with it." you don't like, like it write your own fanfic. if you don't like it write your own fanfic yeah. like no one gives a crap but no she had to do it herself and she did it poorly and it was awful did i read it yes did i make fun of it the whole time absolutely are you gonna go to the movie theater and watch it wearing a team whatever shirt yeah <laughs> we're not gonna go no. that far okay yeah i to me i just this whole thing was unhealthy it, it, it feels oh, like 100%. it feels like a bad like fanfic-esque like romeo and juliet with maybe some weird prototype stuff for that alpha omega stuff that's come out lately well, she wrote it oh, based yeah. on the dream she had Ugh. and it almost the, feels like there's a little bit like pride and prejudice in there too where it's like yeah. oh well, he's so mean to me well, we might as well the one i want everyone else does. well and the the whole yeah. grooming thing with the yeah, lots of grooming there's so there's so many issues with grooming and then the last book yeah. in the series where jacob mates or what is it the imprints imprints thank you yeah we imprints on bella's word. baby like yeah. see and that's, that's just that, creepy that, it's that just alpha like, omega stuff i don't know if you guys yeah. know much about that stuff but it's it's a new it, I it's see a lot creepy. of ads for it a lot it, it's, it's it's there yeah it's just it's a fantastic example of a terrible writing yes and so bad. b contradiction unhealthy relationships yes yeah and it's uh i remember when these came out my mother-in-law because when did the first one come out 2005 okay so i wasn't married yet when they first started coming out i was still in high school uh but i remember after i got married talking to her about it and she said i don't want to read those books i don't think anyone should and i said why and she said because their relationship is awful like he is manipulating her and it is Mm -hmm. unhealthy and I thought I didn't see it at the time but she was so strong-willed and opinionated about that and now that I look back on them I think yeah 14 year olds should not have been reading that no 
because it would I, sway and change their whole relationship. Yeah. I had a, a coworker who happened to be my manager at a restaurant I was working at to put myself through my undergrad. This was a couple of years after the first one came out. Uh, she was like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. And I was like, okay. She goes, the first one's not very good. And the second one's really bad, but like, you have to, you have to read that in order to just like, but the third one is amazing. Like the third, you have to read this. The third one's amazing. You have to read it, but you have to read the first two to get it. And I'm like, you want me to read two books that are going to suck just to read the third? And she's like, you have to read it. So she kept pressuring me. I did. Yeah. They're not, they're not small books. No, no. But so I I read them because she kept pressuring me about it. And so I read the first two and I was like, you're right. Those were shitty. And then I read the third one and I'm like, that wasn't a whole lot better. But then the fourth one came out and I'm like, well, I'm already invested. I've read the first three. Like (laughs) I have to know how it ends. And then I read that one. I was like, oh, okay. So okay, I've, read, I've only read the, the first one. The the first you've the, only read the, the, first the last the last book yeah. of the four. The last book was the best, which is kind of sad. But here here's what I'll say, and this is what I tell people about Twilight because I do respect Stephanie Meyer. I don't think she did a very good job writing these, but whatever. She took some time out of her life. She made something big happen that I haven't done. So kudos to her. And made lots and lots of money doing and it. And made lots of yep. lots of money. So again, kudos to her. They are really good for escapism i don't even know about that because i so i got the first one i was homesick one day yeah and was like okay i like i'm stuck in bed i'm gonna read this book that everyone says is amazing and that i keep seeing everywhere and that oh i need to read it i need to read it and i powered through it in one day i'm homesick Mm -hmm. what else am i gonna do i waited for the plot to show up i waited and i waited and i waited and then you get to the end and you're like and there was like 10 pages of plot for what is it like 400 pages yeah and it's it's a blip but you still finished it in a day I did and it was like I kept going there's got to be something here there has to be something here and I finished it and went that was so dissatisfying you know I mean it's you got Game of Thrones that has a lot of plot for all these pages and it you know it's a little slow to build and it works but Twilight was just like I feel like she got paid by the word and it read like a long, lovesick, angsty teenager yep. who was lusting after someone who was way too old and it was, and was a literal predator in the whole thing. Yeah. It, it just. Animalistically, and here, here, everything. Here's this, option for, here's this yeah. option for a healthy relationship and I want to watch you destroy it and throw it away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It made me like, I was homesick, but it made me sick reading this. Yeah. yeah, even when they came out, I thought they were way overblown, way overblown in popularity. Yeah. I mean, to I fair, enjoy watching or, the movies to make fun of them. As does the rest of the world. <laughs> I never, I never watched the movies. I couldn't, I just, Honestly, my only four-way was the first book and I went, I am done. The Twilight series is one of the only books on my list where I can say the movie was better than the book. Mm. There, and that doesn't That's mean that the books hard, like on on my list. That doesn't mean that the books weren't good. It just means that the movies happen to be better. Like I have, yeah. you know, the Twilight mm-hmm. books, the How to Train Your Dragon series, and Stardust. Stardust is a good book, but the movie just makes it come to well, life and makes it better. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like the one thing I can say about Twilight, having been, I taught junior high for nine years, and this book was very influential to junior high students Mm -hmm. one thing that i noticed is especially with girls it was one book that could get girls reading because they they wanted the they they were lovesick and they wanted that relationship and so you could get kids reading 
by getting them started in Twilight. And then they and then found they, better things. They would read all four books and you'd be like, look at how many pages you just read. Like, look at how great that is. Now let's, you know, move on to something else, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it was, it's a gateway book. And so I, I find the value and the merit in Twilight because it's a gateway book that gets kids reading other things. And it really and, did yeah. get kids reading other things. Yeah. I sometimes kids will tell me, oh, I really like Harry Potter. And it's hard to get them onto something else. It's really mm-hmm. hard. But I felt like with Twilight, like you said, they'd read it. And because they're so long and going back to what you said, Nia, they were still looking for plot. It was easy to get them to read something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've gone through that. You got the page count now. So let's yeah. find something. You know, better. you can yeah. do it now. You let's find you something that's a little more satisfying. Yeah. yeah, and I know 100%. I know people whose kids were like, "Yep, I wasn't a reader until I read this book." And I'm like, "Well, at least yeah. something good came out of it." But yeah. I think it's just Over too much glitter, too much glitter, <laughs> too much glitter. Yep, <laughs> yep. I love that. Uh, so, Sydney, <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> so there were so many I I bounced back and forth between, and so many that I thought about, but I decided to pull from the lost generation writers that every student seems to get stuck with reading in high school. So okay. the first book I picked is Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. I grew up I in have... California. I had to read them all. I've never read this book. Just gonna this say, never part of my assignment. Of reading. Mice and Men is Don't. not the worst he wrote. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> read them all. Not the worst. <laughs> Of Mice and Men was published in 1937. It's the story of two migrant workers, George and Lenny. Lenny is mentally handicapped. George has been taking care of him despite not being related to him. He's just taking care of him because he feels like he should. And they keep having to travel from town to town to keep Lenny out of trouble. Hang on. I have to be that person. He did promise Lenny's aunt that he would take care of him. Uh, So they're not related, but he did. Make a Like they did grow up together. And when she passed, he said, I will take care of Lenny. So again, Monterey Bay, here we go. Thank you for being that person. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So the story is actually based on Steinbeck's experiences when he worked in the fields and like the farms in the 1910s. And that's where his idea for this story came from. It's considered a classic and taught in schools across the country. I was required to teach it for years. And my goal as a teacher was always to ensure that kids didn't know how badly I hated this book. And I know I succeeded because I would have kids at the end of the year, I would ask them, what was your favorite book that we read this year? And I'd have kids that were like Gatsby and Killers of the Flower Moon. And then I'd have like five kids every year that were like of mice and men. And I was like, but why? (laughs) I mean, yay for your teaching ability, but oof. Okay. I remember when I taught this one, I longtime listeners, I don't swear. And there's some swearing. I feel like that's a buildup. And some words that I I don't use. And so I would be reading it to the students and I would change out the sentences because I'm weirdly good at that. And I had a student once raise their hand and said, "Um, I think you have a different version than I do. (laughs) And I said, what makes you say that? And he's like, my book said a different word. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just really good at swapping out words. It's Oh, that's funny. Yep. I love that. I I love that I have kids that didn't know how much I hated that book. I had to do that in junior high when I taught Call to the Wild. I had to do that for Call to the Wild too, because I hated that book. But my goal is to never let my students know that I hated that book, unless they're listening now as, you know, former students going, oh, she hated that book. I thought she loved it. Which, uh, teachers are allowed to not like the books they teach just to throw that out there even though you know you want to make sure the kids don't know that yeah 
but former students this is because teachers are people too so i know spoiler alert we shop at walmart amazon well i don't sleep in beds (laughs) not at the school i don't sleep i'm not supposed to sleep at the school no no shoot i've been doing it wrong guys dang it i have to get like a place of my own and everything shoot (laughs) all right anyway this book the reason people call it a classic the reason people insist on on it being taught and all of that crap is because they talk about the... <laughs> I'm just telling I'm you how sorry. I really feel <laughs> I don't think it's still a required read at the school I was at I think we've taken it off the list it is still a required read in my district oh okay and um it, the only reason I'm not teaching it anymore is because I'm at the district level instead of the school yeah, level and because I don't, you don't teach anymore. I don't have a classroom <laughs> So I I left the book. The book didn't leave me, but it talks about everyone that that loves this book raves about the timeless themes of seeking the American dream and loneliness and companionship and the tendency for humans to be cruel and to just err on the side of violence and okay, err on the side of violence. <laughs> I hate this book so oh. bad. Like I this just book is so overblown. This book is like. 75 or 100 pages like this book is tiny this book is a blip Mm -hmm. and so we spend weeks on it in public schools yes weeks and then we watch the movie and spend weeks on that oh that is my question nia that is my question because i'm not saying this book doesn't have value i think it's great that he wrote it and i think it's great that he shared this experience about what it was like to be a migrant worker great thank you so much but everyone treats steinbeck as this end-all be-all author that tells the most incredible stories and he is not the best storyteller his stories are horrible they are but they're short Eh, they're short bitter easy to understand like I read of mice and men. I read the pearl grapes of wrath. I read grapes of wrath. It's not even short. that one. It is, but even that one. If not... you break it up by chapters, it's fairly easy to understand. I just his stories are horrible, and they, they end are. horribly. And they the do. only ending. Don't read the pearl. Don't do it, friends. The only ending worse than of mice and men because the ending of of mice and men is awful traumatic if you will yes this is the only ending uh no that's my beginning oh god okay have you no Um, it's traumatic i've never read this book oh my gosh oh my god please text us in the middle of the night yeah (laughs) please read it and then text us. no i'm not reading this book (laughs) i i barely have time to read the stuff i want to read look it up and then text us the only ending that's worse to me in my opinion which granted is just my opinion the only ending that I hate more than Of Mice and Men's ending is the ending in Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Which that one is not just uncomfortable and creepy and gave me all of the like the icky vibes. And I yeah. I like what kind of creepy old man writes an ending like that? And I'm I will spoil the endings if you want me to. I've never read Steinbeck. I'm just gonna I don't think I've read anything by Steinbeck, and I'm mm-hmm. totally okay with that. So okay, I'm gonna spoil it. Do it. If you don't want spoilers, skip ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Of Mice and Men, Lenny, like I said, is mentally handicapped and he loves things that are really, really soft. And so he keeps getting rabbits and he won't let them move or or do anything because he wants to keep petting it and he doesn't know his own strength. And so he keeps killing these small animals. Because they keep biting him. Because they bite him and try to get away from him Mm because he's squeezing them too tightly and they're freaking out. He's the original Elmira. Yeah. Got it. And then he gets 
a puppy and he kills the puppy and then they're at this farm and the bigger than a puppy the the wife of one of the the wife of one of the guys that works there is the tart no that's grapes of wrath (laughs) she is talking to him and he talks he says like your hair's so shiny it looks so soft and she goes well you can touch it if you want and once he touches it and feels how soft it is he won't let it go and so she starts freaking out, thinking that he's going to hurt she's her. She's coming on to him. Yeah, she's flirting with him, knowing that mm-hmm. he's mentally handicapped. She's she's it's inappropriate. Okay. But so he as as he starts holding on her hair, he starts holding it tighter because he likes how it feels. And mm-hmm. she freaks out, and he ends up he ends up breaking her neck, and he kills her. Mm-hmm. And so this angry mob of migrant workers is now coming after Lenny to try to hang him for his crimes. So George has him looking across the bank of this river talking about the future that they're going to have and all of the the bunny farm that they're going to have where he can have all the bunnies he wants and he shoots him in the back of the head wow yeah and that's how the book ends Hmm? literally it ends with lenny being shot in the head Mm, i think george might walk back up the bank he might but that that's the end scene yep and then that is horribly traumatic like yep Let's have this in- inappropriate, you know, talking, you know, we were talking about inappropriate relationships. Let's yep. have someone with a, an uneven power dynamic start flirting with somebody. And then, mm-hmm. yep, that escalates very quickly. Okay. So yep. like I again, said, it's also only... like, it's 109 pages. Thank you. Yep. I remember looking that up. No, oh. I just remember. You just remembered it. It's, it's, it's really short. It's, it's basically a long, short story, which mm-hmm. is kind of oxymoronish, but anyway. It's a novella. Yeah. The only the only ending I hate more is Grapes of Wrath. It's this family traveling across the Dust Bowl trying to find work. And this girl in the family is pregnant and she ends up giving birth to a stillborn because they don't have enough nutrition. Like she ends up like she's not eating enough to keep the yeah. baby. So the baby dies. But her milk still comes in. And so this old man yeah. that's starving to death at the, like the like last three pages or something in the book, like the very last scene in the book is her breastfeeding this old dying man to keep him from dying okay like i said only ending worse than of mice and men it's just creepy it's and just weird. uncomfortable and weird and why would that you was do totally that? written by a man yes i'm just gonna say it that is yikes yeah so yikes. everyone that hypes up steinbeck as this great american writer can suck it <laughs> I will totally back that. Thank Yikes. you. Now, I have not read Travels with Charlie. I I was required to read Grapes of Wrath and of Mice but, and Men in high school. And I read those and I hated it. And I never picked up anything else he wrote ever. I hear Travels with Charlie is lovely because it's him <laughs> and his dog going on adventures across America. I just can't care. Never I can't imagine that it's going to be lovely. I Maybe like lovely in Steinbeckian terms. Like, yep. That means it doesn't suck horribly. Like, it's just not going to be good. So that means the dog will make it to the end of the book and be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything else that could be, like, They're not sucky. Me. Yeah. Adventures. <sighs> All right. Thank my you. second book. You're <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my second book I have as much love for as my first book. I never read this one. My I second book is, either. you are missing nothing. <laughs> rock on okay so my second book is for whom the bell tolls by ernest hemingway it was published I in 1940 i just i hemingway is one of those writers that everyone praises and just touts his incredible prose 
And I'm like, the man was a drunk and he writes purple prose like a drunk. And I don't understand why everyone praises him. This book was not good. What does purple prose mean? Too many words? It, it's it's yeah. a too, it's just I've, overdone, overdone, overblown. Okay. I've always adding heard all, that never all the ex- what it meant. Thank you. It's like adding all the extra descriptors because you have to hit a word count. You need an essay that's 500 words, but you're talking about So we could argue cover that 200. Stephanie Meyer wrote in purple prose also? Yes. Yeah. Full circle. Yes. Thanks. Hemingway blows her out of the water <laughs> in terms of prose. He, so this book was published in 1940. I refuse to read any of his other stuff because of how much I hated this book. The story tells the story. The story tells the story. Well, I guess it does. Yep. <laughs> this book is about the story of a man named Robert Jordan, who is an American volunteer that's with a guerrilla unit during the Spanish Civil War. And as an explosives expert, he is supposed to dynamite a bridge. This book was published so shortly after the war ended that Hemingway assumes that his reader knows what's been happening with the war and that his readers are his contemporaries, which makes reading this book. I agree. Especially when you're talking about timeless classics. This is not Mm -hmm. timeless, nor is Mm -mm. it a classic. It's just old. Yeah. And old does not make it classic, but. I agree. But when you're reading this book 60 or 70 or 80 plus years later after this book was written, depending on when you read it, it makes it significantly harder to glean the necessary information in order to keep up with who's who that's going on with the plot in order to follow the plot. The hardest part for me is the prose that he keeps using with this book to stops the book from being able to move along at a decent clip. The entirety of this book takes place over a three day span. And I think it it, it like it takes longer than three days to read it's only 233 pages but that's a lot of exposition and overly descriptive writing to literally just tell the story of him blowing up a bridge which is the entire plot of the book is of him blowing up this bridge to do a small part to help the revolution for the spanish civil war that's it so he spends 233 pages talking about all of that but doesn't actually set it up or give you the background or anything that would make it relevant to make you be like, oh, I'm totally in the book now. I can go. Like if you have a history book next to you to figure out who's who, then yeah, I guess you probably could. Like, <laughs> but pull that's up his like you do. Like you do. That's his job as the author it, to do that. It literally, it he tells the story of like something that happened in an evening, and it's like 50 pages of him seducing this woman for like an evening. And it's it's this huge chunk of just pointless no. description. It's just pointless. There's no, the plot is so, I just hated this book. I don't know if you can tell how much I hated this book. I think that they refer to the the authors in the lost generation as the lost generation, because when I read writings from this generation, I just feel lost. (laughs) I watch a lot of Jeopardy, a lot of Jeopardy. And I I know that's why you're so good at trivialities. Yes. Yes. We watch a lot of Jeopardy. I have noticed a trend that Hemingway and Steinbeck are being asked about less and less and less and less and less. Good. Good. So I think that we are moving towards a world without them being classics. Good. I would love that. A year ago, October, I was up in Sun Valley, Idaho for an academic conference and Ketchum, Idaho where Sun Valley is located is one of Ernest Hemingway's homes. It's where he had like, they have a, a big Hemingway museum and you can tour his childhood home and 
there's like this big statue of his head that you can go take a look at and everyone there was like oh are you gonna go do the Hemingway stuff you're an English teacher and I was like nope I can't even tell you how much I want to nope that so hard I will literally go do and tour anything else okay I'm gonna give you a what if then here we go Uh or would you rather okay would you rather rather. Mm -hmm. not a what if would you rather would you rather do the Hemingway tour in Ketchum Idaho yeah or the Stephanie Meyer tour in Forks Washington oh Forks Washington 100% That one you can make fun of. That one you can have, like, I've seen, I've had friends that have done that. And even like my friend's kids who like, they have like teenage boys that are like posing all Solon and stuff. Okay. And then I have another one. You can still have fun with it. Then I have another one for you. Would you rather go to the Steinbeck Museum in California or the Hemingway Tour in Ketchum, Idaho? Both of those things exist. None of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll go toward any other museum anywhere else. The correct answer is the Monterey Bay Aquarium. There you go. Great. Let's go there. Let's do it. Road trip. (laughs) Much better choice. Literally Uh, could not think of two worse options ever. I I feel like those two authors, people were just like, oh yeah, have you read this? Oh, well, if you haven't read them. You're not clearly. And I wonder how many people who do that have actually read them. Yeah. And it's just kind of like snowballed. I think mm-hmm. it's like Catcher in the Rye. I That's think people I was reference like it as, as like a status. Like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm so academic. You know, I'm, I'm so I'm, into I'm, English literature. I'm so literary. I even named my I, child after a character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the Bellas, I, you know, they exist. All the Bellas. Oh, they do. All the Bellas. Mm-hmm. They're all, all turning the 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I had a girl <laughs> a couple years ago named Beyonce. Oh, that's a better choice cool. though. Oh, it's a much better choice, but it's the only one yeah. I've ever had. Oh, it was far more fun. That is more fun. Yeah. So on that note, Nia, I think I've raged and <laughs> thrown my fists up in the air enough. Feel a little better. I, I, it got so much. I didn't realize I had so much pent up anger and frustration and getting it all out with you guys. I just, friends, I hope you, I hope that was as cathartic for you as it was for me. <laughs> If you have anything you want to add to that, definitely hit us up. We'd love to. Uh, oh, to I want to hear that. all your thoughts on social media. Yes, please. Well, now that we've gotten all that out of our system, it's what? time for our new triviality segment. Woot woot. Um, I have a couple of trivia questions for you both, and we'll see how we do with them. Winner gets bragging rights and the satisfaction of knowing random trivia. Just to remind everybody where we're at, Annie is at 10 points. I am at eight, but I'm not participating this this time. And Sydney is at six. I watch a lot of Jeopardy so, every night. Oh, I know. Yeah. This is why I'm in third place. <laughs> You've got, just to remind people, you get two points. If you can call it the answer without needing the multiple choice. But if I list the multiple choice, you get one point if you guess from it. Are we ready to go? Yes. Okay. So first question, which fanfic spawned from Twilight became its own overhyped series. Fifty Shades of the Grey. Thank you. You told me to read that and I said no. That was it's, the correct way to go because it's it's better than Twilight. <laughs> you tried to convince me to read it and I was like, I'm not gonna do that. It's it's some pretty fun smut. I'm not gonna lie, but it that is all it is is smut. There's well, like six or eight books in the series now though. Like it's nuts. Oh, oh yeah. Well so when I was looking up this question, I was like, of course, there can't be that many. I should have known better. There are several published books now that are fanfic based on Twilight. 
Oh no. Their titles include Beautiful Bastard, Gabriel's mm-hmm. Inferno, Sempre, which I'm not sure if I said that one right, Wallbanger, <laughs> Rhythm Chord, <laughs> and Malikthin, I think is what that is. Malikin. I probably didn't say that one right. A Beautiful Lie and Pucked. And Pucked. Several of these are series. Oh no. So there you go. So if you're looking for some fun fanfic Twilight spawned smut, it's out there. There it's are there. several to choose from. Wow. Have options. So, so there we go. The next question What famous author from our epically epic chapter nearly had their career destroyed by a book that was so overhyped but flopped so badly it almost prevented their epic from coming about? I want to say J.R.R. Tolkien. No. Nope. I have to think back. I almost want to pull up our script. Is it, you guys want the multiple is choice? It George R.R. R. Martin? It is George R.R. R. Martin. His fifth book that came out, there was, he kept getting bigger advances, bigger advances. And that book flopped so badly, it almost destroyed his writing career before he ever had a chance to write Game of Thrones. Oh, I was going to ask, wow. was it part of Game of Thrones? It was not. It was not wow. So there you go. That was, that was a good trivia question. Yeah. Thank you. Good job. Nicely done. We should pay attention more to things that we do. <laughs> This one, I'm not going to lie. This was hard to come up with questions for because it's so broad. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. And our bonus question of the nearly 6 million reviews on Goodreads for those who've reviewed Twilight, what percentage were one star? Oh, Ooh. 57. No. 72. No. 37. Way too high. 37. <laughs> Still too high. 12. Five. You include. No. 17. No. 10. 10. Two. <laughs> it is 10%. Hey, that's still pretty high. 10% at one star and 10% at two star. Okay. 20% at three, 22% at four, and 35% at five. Okay. Wow. So it's overall, uh, yeah. what, three? Three and a half? Yeah, three and a half. Okay. Ish. So overall, wow. it was a book that was published. Yep. Overall, it existed. <laughs> Overall, you can read it in the library. Yep. Yeah. That's what I got from that. Nice. Right on. And uh, Sydney, you just pulled ahead at 12 points because Woo-hoo. you rocked this one. I'm a comeback kid. Okay. I'll take it. It's fine. Okay, Annie, we both know you're going to catch me up next time. Yeah. No, I won't. Well, next time you have and I have a well, head. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Ugh happen to know these answers i'd get really <laughs> lucky on guesses two and three you did great that was <laughs> awesome so uh what are we uh, reading right now or picking up next annie what have you got i am hopefully i haven't told my spouse this yet and now he's gonna find out there's a book signing happening this week at my local barnes and noble that i'm hoping to go to and i'm gonna pick up the newest book in the arc of the scythe trilogy by neil schusterman um, oh yeah we yeah. talked about that yeah, the fourth is. book is coming out and it's a collection of short stories to kind of go with the characters. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping to get that on Friday and probably start it soon. It's called Gleanings because, you know, they glean people. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I've been to two of his book signings before. He does a really good job. Nice. It's very fun. fun to listen to. Yeah. Nia, what are you reading? Uh, I am rereading Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. So... Isn't that oh. the movie? There is a movie. Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I've never read the book. The book is really good. It is different. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm all right with it. Yeah. I really like, it's good to know in advance though. Yes. Yeah. That is true. So I really like the book I'm rereading. I'm actually listening to it this time instead of reading it. And the narrator does a very nice job. So that is what I'm, it's my palate cleanser between <laughs> all of the uh, dark and gory stuff I'm, I'm reading. So uh, nice. that's what I've got. What about you, Sydney? So I'm trying to get myself to finish Dune by Frank Herbert. I'm not even a full three chapters away from being done. I think I'm about two and a half chapters from being done. So close. I know. I'm, I'm having so a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Everyone <laughs> talks about how great it is. Speaking of overhyped, everyone talks about how great it is, but all I can see is the strong Christianity overtones and the white savior complex. And I'm having a hard time with the main character not having any flaws to make him seem relatable. So I recognize that I am so close to finishing. I should just finish. But I also am <sighs> trying to convince myself. I know, Nia. I know. <sighs> I mean, if you're not, if you're miserable, just, you know, there's better, there's, there's things you would enjoy more. Yeah. I just, I'm like, it's one of those that I'm like, oh, I'm so close. I should just get, I should just see how it ends. But I'm also trying to convince myself to read Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. I've commented before on how everyone kind of hypes up Brandon Sanderson. So I kind of have refused to read him. Yeah. I saw something on something today about Brandon Sanderson and I thought, oh, Sydney refuses to read his books. (laughs) And it's I can't stupid. remember it's why, just, but it's just because it's just because he's so incredibly popular where I am. Yes, that it, it that is it true. just feels like it just feels like jumping on the bandwagon to jump on the bandwagon. It would be like reading a Colleen Hoover book just because everyone talks about how great Verity is, and I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm still going to read them. Still, I don't know that them. I want to. So, but I have I, I made a that. promise to a friend. A friend of mine loves this book. It's her favorite book. She named her daughter after the main character, and she has told me that I have to read this book. And so I have the book. I'm ready to read it. I just have to convince myself to get started. And I'm sure that Brandon Sanderson's a great author. I have nothing against him as a person. He's just very popular in my area, and it makes me less interested in jumping on the bandwagon so i'm attempting to finish one book and i'm trying to force myself to start another book so i'll probably read something completely separate eh, like you do you know it's my prerogative as a female mm, well, it's your prerogative, as a, your prerogative anyway. as a human yeah that's okay. <laughs> true good point point. and being an adult you can follow through on it because you realize i really can do what i want life is too short to read stuff you don't want to read Yes, it's true. Dune. If you don't want to finish it, you don't have to. It's okay. I'm sure you could find the cliff notes somewhere that you could just skim, so you know how skim it ends. The, having the last three chapters. Yes. Without having to know how it, you know, having to actually do it. I just, I loved the movie so much that I was like, "This is going to be awesome." And then I read, I started reading the book, and the first half of the book is where the newer version of Dune takes place, and Dune stops halfway through the, where the book is, and it was so closely connected that first half. I was like, "This is such a good book," and then it got. Weird weird <laughs> yeah and then it got weirder and there's more books so in the series so. i know there's so many books <laughs> uh, it's all good yeah. well friends uh thanks for listening to this this angsty what's say angsty <laughs> chapter of the book stack <laughs> you're welcome it was the um, sydney angsty chapter yeah i think it was i think all of us were pretty angsty for this one <laughs> so it was fun right I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. It was super fun. Yeah, this is great. And I think we did a good job of reminding people that, you know, they are worth reading, just maybe not talking about as much or teaching as much. Yeah. Well, as we sign off, we'd like to leave you with some food for thought, and we'll see you next time when we discuss holiday books from our stacks. 
Remember, you can connect with us on Twitter at Bookstack Trio and follow us at Bookstack Trio on Instagram and Facebook to see a full listing of the books that we angsted about in our stacks today. <laughs> if you... <laughs> uh, I had so much fun. Um, no, this, you... this has been a blast. If you read a book from this stack or would like to commiserate or argue with us about it, let us know what you thought on our social media. Do it. You can also, please do. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on our website at bookstacktrio.com. I can't explain what I mean. And even if I could, I'm not sure I'd feel like it. J.D. Salinger, The Catcher in the Rye.